Hello and welcome to our special podcast, which we've had to arrange in light of events this week. To help try to make sense of the past five days, we're joined tonight by Paul Daly, along with Andrew and I, as always. How are we doing, Paul? Fine. Take a tea, boo. You got over the disappointment then? Um, I don't think got over. It's quite, it's not really the right word. Um, seen it all before, lads. Not particularly bothered. He's gone, he's gone. You move on. Simple as. What I will say, 12 months down the line, you'll be going somewhere else. Hopefully. He's been brought in clearly. They've got no budgets. They're on the bones of their house financially. That's why the other fellas have done walked away. So they've brought him in. Damage limitation. Not a lot of money to play with. Good PR. Bring back all the hourglasses like Gallup Bale and Modric and people like that. He wanted to go anyway and try to win the Spanish league again and maybe win the European Cup again. It's not going to work for them. The minute he gets a wobble, wobbly patch, you know yourself, Madrid, you're, you're through the door. Even if you win things in Madrid, you're through the door. Yeah. But he's made his bed. Well, the, the, there is only one place we can start tonight, and it is with him. Um, don't really want to say his name at the moment. But <laughs> it is Ancelotti's exit. Um, before we get into it then, Andy, for you, when... The news broke on Monday that he was leaving. What were your initial thoughts? And now that you've had time to, you know, digest the news, how are you feeling about it all now? I think when it first broke for me, I thought it was a load of shite. To be honest with you, I thought it was paper talk. You know, each summer you heard all sorts going on, and I thought it was just getting drummed up out of nowhere. Um, but obviously, the the more attraction it got, the more it started to hit home that. It was probably going to happen. Um, I, it, it caught me by surprise a little bit. I didn't. It was unexpected. You know, if it would have happened, you know, next season, the season after, maybe would have predicted that. But I just going into next season assumed that. I think we all did. Didn't we? Well, most of us did assume that Carlo Ancelotti would be being a dugout like. Um, and now, you know, similar to similar to Paul, I, I'm all right about it now. At first, I was a, went through a few mixed emotions. At first, I was a bit gutted. Then I was frustrated with him. And now it's you know, if you don't want to be the manager of our club. You know, see you later. If you don't know, really, you know, I was saying before the podcast started, if you don't want to play for our club, see you later, in my opinion. And um, obviously, he's he's going back to a club who, who, who let him go as well. So he's got to make sure that he um, he, he does. But that, that that's him now, and that, that's his issue. You know, we've got to focus on us and focus on what's best for Everton. And, you know, I'm confident that, you know, I'm confident that in a few years' time, it'll work out in our favour. Um, that's the way I'll choose to look at it because the other option is to, to sulk and moan about it and that doesn't get it in anyway yeah. I, I think to put it in context as well, I think we can all appreciate he's moved on to a, a much bigger club and if you were an Evertonian looking at him from the outside you would say well it's a logical step but I think what has probably hurt most is, is the manner in which he, he's left for you Paul is that the case for you? It's not so much that he's left, but the manner in which he's left the club. I think there's a, there's a number of issues. I don't think you. I've heard people say or use the, the reason that okay, this is a massive club, therefore it's okay to do that. But if you if you accept that principle, and you can carry that over any any player, then any player, any Everton player who perceives another club to be bigger than Everton and then wants to leave, that justifies them leaving. If you sign a contract and you've got principles, I think at some point in time, you should honour those principles. Now, for me, he's saying it's 
He's gone because that's the club he loves. Okay, fine. The reason he comes to Everton's clear now. He didn't come to Everton because he loved Everton. He comes to Everton for the money, didn't he? Well, I thought he loved AC Milan. You know, he's Italian. He's not from Madrid. Silent leadership and all that. Silent destroyer. More like. Um, I I think what what you said there, though, Paul, I I actually do think that players are like that. So had it been a Richarlison, it wouldn't have surprised me. I learnt my lesson after Wayne Rooney. And when he'd done what he'd done, I've never trusted the player since. But I I think when it's someone who's 62 years of age, has been there, done it, literally harps on about integrity, dismisses rumours about Real Madrid, meets up with Everton to discuss the next season, and then highlights integrity in his book to then do what he's done. And as more and more information comes out about how he's left, it's... Stinks. It's 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 so surprising. I, I don't think any Evertonian thought he was that kind of. Well, what, about, what about the position he took up over the Super League? Yeah. Comments he made about the Super League, and then gets into bed with the guy he's trying to create it. He's gone into bed with the devil, hasn't he? Yeah. Basically, yeah. so he'll pay for it. Some hell under that, he will pay for it. For, for me, I think what what could have made it better is the manner in which he left, you know, gave the club the heads up, gave the fans the heads up. He's misled, for me, he's misled the players and misled the fans. For you, Andy, how could he have gone about it better? So if he's made the decision to go to Real Madrid, what could he have done to have made the process smoother? I don't know. I'd say, you know, transparency is key, isn't it? And, you know, no matter, you know, if that was going to be his decision, it was going to, it was going to stink no matter what. But definitely the way, you know, it's happened and it's they've gone about it, it just, it leaves a bit of taste um, in a lot of Evertonians' mouths. Like, and I just think that the transparency at the earlier stage uh, would have been ideal because it, you can't say that it was to protect the, the I, I personally believe, you know, it's been known before the end of the season is coming up. I know a lot of Evertonians feel the same way. And you can't say it was protect the home, you know, the, the, the form, sorry, of the team because that, that went that went to pot, you know what I mean? So whether that was because others knew or not, I don't know. But you could, I just think whenever them talks are happening or whenever that decision is made, I think transparency is needed then at the earliest point so Everton fans can get their head around because we're the most important part of this club uh, and rightly so. So I think that the fans know rather than sort of it get, getting broke in you know, Spanish media and us finding out that way and then it's sort of growing legs from there. So yeah, just, just finding out earlier and when, when decisions have been made would have made it, I suppose, easier to get our head around. And um, Paul, for you, you know the way he's walked out on Everton because that's what he's done. You know, he, he's gone out through the back door. You think he's gone out in that manner because he knows deep down there's no other way to go about it. He can't come out and give his reasons for leaving after you know, he went on record. Some, I've been, as I say, I've been listening to some of the Everton, you know, the, the chats and all that this week and someone made a, a comment and it, it sort of struck a chord with me given the own form which was bad over a long period of time and despite comments such as um, they're not working they're not trying there's, there's a lack of confidence it didn't change and the comment was made was he playing for the sack himself by doing that someone also made a comment in one of the games I'd actually seen this I picked up on this myself I think 
it wasn't it wasn't a Man City game. It was an away game. But Ferguson was up on the line, screaming down his ear over some kind of, and he just he wasn't listening to Ferguson. He was just bouncing off him, sort of thing, you know. So you're thinking to yourself, what's the passion there? Was mm. if he's made if he's had that in his mind in May, then he's had that in his mind for quite some time. That hasn't just developed out the blue. Here's an opportunity. Because another one, I know it's only rumours, but another one going doing the rounds is that he did have clauses in his contract for bigger clubs to come in and for him to move on. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it's out there. Yeah. So you just don't know. What I will say with him is we're well shot. 18 months. As summarises tenure up like this, we keep going on about the way form was good in that, you know, we picked up record points and whatever. Okay, let's be honest. The performances, other than... Tottenham, the first game of the season, the performances were poor. He sat back, he soaked, and he, he scratched wins. He weren't good to watch. And at home, they were fucking abysmal. He were absolutely abysmal. So him leaving that doesn't bother me because he didn't bring anything to that. He really didn't. He brought his name. We got I'll, I'll use Mercedes words. We've done the Hollywood thing. We brought Hollywood in twice, Cumin and him, and it, it hasn't worked. So maybe learn your lessons. We've been bit twice. Turn around, don't be bit a third time. Go yeah. and get someone more rooted in the club if you like. Uh, yeah, I think go back to the point before about you know was he playing for the tack? I, I don't think he would ever do that. And I think looking back now, I think he's tried his best and he's he's realised that the job's too big for him. Not in stature, obviously he's managed bigger clubs, but in terms of the task of getting a tune out of these group of players. We've spoke numerous times, me and Andy, about the style of play and, and the way we play. And even when we've won games, we've held our hands up and said it's not been easy on the eye. He's done what he thought was effective. And we've ended up 10th yeah. with, a, with a group full of internationals. So I think he's probably looked and thought, I probably can't do much more with this. He, he, he chopped and changed. He chopped and changed the centre backs consistently, which doesn't help. But also his forward line. Whereas, whereas he continuously chopped and changed the centre backs, he persisted with that. If you could call it three up front, which for me, although Carmen Lewin had a half decent season, it didn't work. With the best will in the world, you can be the best striker. If you're up there on your own, it doesn't. It's not good enough. It's, there's not enough weight in that forward line. Yeah. I'll go back on tactics for me. You should go back to some kind of a 4 4 2 system and have at least two goal scoring forwards in that forward line, carrying a threat, a consistent threat. Well, last season, really? you know, those games that were tight could have been won more convincingly. And some of them points that we pissed away, could have, those defeats could have, gone, could have been wins. Yeah. But he never, he persisted with that. And let's be honest. Club study, you, you studied, you know, you're, you're taking in and your school, the team you're meeting, your school about that team for the week leading up to that game. Most sides knew how Everton set up and how Everton plays and how to nullify it. Yeah. Cut the supply off in the foot because there's nothing coming through that midfield. Well, I, th- I think January proved to be our downfall. We knew at the start of that month we needed a, another forward and we went and got Josh King. I personally, I, I don't think Josh King got a fair crack in it. The reason I say it's, that is Richarlison stunk for the second half of the season. In fact, for the majority of the season, he, he, he didn't play well and there was games where King should have come on for him yeah. and he wasn't given an opportunity. 
So the criticism there is either King wasn't good enough and the recruitment should have been better or he should have been given more of a go. And as you yeah. say, you know, we changed it at the back every week, but we didn't top front. Who signed him? Who signed just King? Well, apparently Brands Ancelotti didn't want him. That's the rumour. But it was a, you can only put it as a collective. You can't point fingers unless yeah. you know. I mean, um, if that was the case, again, that's that subject lunacy as well because... Calvin knew he was never going to carry that forward line on his own for a full season. Never. I thought he'd done well. I thought he, yeah. he, he'd done what he could, but he did need support. And no. I think that was a failure. When you look, Everton was second on Boxing Day. Yeah. So that shows how bad we got it wrong in January. We were not only in a Champions League place, but mathematically we were in a title race. And then we get it that badly wrong in terms of the yeah. forward. We end up 10th. That's the, the old saying is you strengthen when you're on top. That's it. And yeah. I think you, when, when we had Ross on, he, he said the same and it was a fair point. We should have gambled. What he was saying is we should have gambled after the start we made. And when you look back, such a poor season. Yeah. You know, West Ham done it with Lingard. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. Lingard came in and, and he was the, the difference, the, the impact he had on them. The, I think the, the difference at West Ham was the manager. The manager can get a tune out of bang average players, yeah. and we'll go. We'll go. Maybe go into that later. The merits of him, but he knows what he's about. And he knows what he's doing, and he's he's good at his job. Could end up being our manager shortly. Possibly, possibly. Um, well, Andy, for you, there, there was not only a strong reaction with the fans, but Paul, I don't know if, if you're aware of it, but basically, since the announcements on Monday. Most of the Everton players have unfollowed Ancelotti on social media and, and they've not responded to the news at all, apart yeah. from Thierry Small. Uh, well, Thierry Small got his debut, so so we thanked him for that. But other than Richarlison, as you were saying, Hammers, everybody's stopped following Ancelotti. Yeah. Does that give you a sense then for you, Andy, of, of how much feeling of betrayal there might be within both the players and the fans as to what he's done? I say, I say from the fans' point of view, obviously it's easier to to say because I am one uh, and I speak to other fans and I've not spoken to any of the players about it. I can't imagine. I would like to think so. I'd like to think that there was a dressing room full of hair players who who don't agree with what he's done and how he's gone about it and want to, you know, that 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 shows that they want to be here next season and they love the club and they, they understand the values of the club. I can't see it though. So you know, maybe a few players in the squad, but I, I can't see that the, the squad being an unfollowing on Instagram is one thing, but I just can't see you know the players being too desperately here. I can, you know, I disagree. Think of this, right? You've got Luca Dean there, Paul. I, I know you're not a massive fan of him, but take Luca Dean for example. On his stats, he's one of the better left backs in Europe, definitely going forward. He signed a he signed a new a three-year contract, is it? He signed a new contract with the promise of a world-class manager and Champions League football for the future. And then you find out your world-class manager's bailed to Real Madrid. You've got to feel a bit hard on my surely. From Evan's perspective, what, what constitutes a world-class manager? Someone who... What's your CV, isn't it? Yeah, someone he, stays for 18 months then disappears. Well, it... He's not he, clearly his heart wasn't in it for Everton, so he wasn't no. the right man for no. us. But he, he's a world class manager in terms of. Do you know what, Pete? Do you know, like what you're saying about 
um, unfollowing it. I mean, the issue for me with that, that bunch of players, and it's a mix of five managers, is that they unfollow each other on the pitch. There's no relationship between any of those players. There's no team spirit. There's no one pushing. And with the exception of Coleman, maybe, you'll have a go. There's no leadership there. There's no team spirit. So I'll bring it back. Let's park Ancelotti up for a minute. What needs to happen at that club is for someone to come in and get a grip. Yeah. Bomb out the dead weight. Bomb out people who are pimping themselves like Richarlison. Bring someone in who's a good judge of a character and build from that. Yeah. And I think you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, well, we yeah. I think we've got an idea of who you'd yeah. like to be the new manager. I, I think want it's... Go on. It, I just think it's necessity. We've done the Hollywood. We've done the Hollywood route and it hasn't worked. And he may well do it again this time, I don't know. I can understand bringing a big name in to give the club a better profile, but look, it's blown up in our fucking face. Yeah. He's made the club look a laughing stock the last five days or so. Oh, I agree, I agree. I, I used to be of the mindset that whenever you know, ever need a manager, you get you, you do a list, and at the top of the list is the best manager possibly available, and you work your way down the list. Yeah. But after this week, <coughs> I totally disagree. I, I don't think it can be like that anymore. Right, so I just want to refer to a tweet that I sent earlier in the week. Gareth Bale, last game of the season for Tottenham, he says to the Sky Sports presenter or the interviewer, I know what I'm doing at the end of the season, but it'll just cause chaos if I say anything. Ancelotti on Tuesday, he's coming back, I know him well. So Gareth Bale knew at Tottenham on the last day of the season what he was doing. Yeah. Ancelotti on Tuesday knew Gareth Bale was coming back. So Ancelotti knew whilst Everton manager. Gareth Bale was going to be at Madrid. How did he know that? Communication. Yeah. So we've got an Everton manager. We're all being we're all being made to look like fools. We're all sat talking about trying to get into a Mickey Mouse Europa Conference tournament. And there's yeah. our manager getting his gang back together for Real Madrid. I yeah. I think what he's done in terms of managers is worse than Allardyce, Kerman, any of them. Because as much as fans hate Allardyce, Allardyce wanted to stay. This fella's done one in the worst possible way. And that, that for me, is so striking that it hasn't been picked up in the media. They probably don't care. But for Gareth Bale to know what he was going to do, yeah. and Ancelotti... Stinks. Yeah. It's but the, the narrative is, is the big six, isn't it? Also... When no one else matters. I should add as well, the same day we lose 5-0. So... When we find out the players are gutted, did some of the players know he was going? Is that why Hammers was on a plane? Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise no. me. I, uh, to be honest, that really, what he done really, what he done infuriated me. Yeah. And Ancelotti allowing him to do it infuriated me as well. Well, he allowed him to do it because he's from one better. Well, that's when the alarm bell started ringing for me. I thought no manager worth the salt would allow that. Mm-hmm. be so yeah. stupid as to be seen doing that or agreeing to allow a player to do that it's in fairness uh, to Andy and I we were one of few that called in at the time we had Mac on as well last week most fans wanted to see the bigger picture and oh it's all okay but we called it as we saw it before all this unfolded it stunk and it wasn't right and it didn't sit well Yeah. but 
look, it's gone, and we, I know we need to move on from it, but that one in particular stunk for me. Gareth Bale and Ancelotti were communicating whilst he was Everton manager, and then we get a 5 0 tonk, and that, that really boils my blood. Um, yeah. The other points as well, it's come out when Everton and Ancelotti brands and the board met up last week. Not only did he not give them any indication he wanted to leave, but he was talking about transfers. Yeah. The rumours are, and I don't know how to know it is, but there are strong rumours that Machiri was quite critical towards Ancelotti for the results at the end of the season. Do yeah. you think, do you think, given that he finished 10th and results were poor, that Ancelotti's thought, if I don't turn, turn it around here, I could get sacked? Yeah, yeah. And if he gets sacked by Everton, then that's him finished as an elite yeah. manager, surely. So yeah. do you think at that point he's gone, sod this, yeah. I, I need to get out of here? So what do you once, think? Yeah, once again, it's all about him, isn't it? Well, it's all about him. Do you, do you think for you, Andy, that he thought that the writing might have been on the wall if he, if he hung around longer with this group of players? I don't think so myself. I think that he will have known his reputation, that you know, the club he's coming to, you know, is a huge club with a lot of history, but you know it's not been where it, it should be for the last couple of years. And I know that he 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 would have got, you know, he's, he's a clever man. At the end of the day, he knows that he would have got a lot more leeway than other managers would have at his point. Uh, after what happened this season, so I, I don't think so. I don't think he feel his job was under pressure. I just don't think he he wanted enough. Now looking back, now um. I don't think he was up for it, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's easy to say because he went to Real Madrid and a better offer was probably put on the table and all this stuff. Um, but I don't think he fancied it anyway. Yeah. To be honest uh, with you, I think it, I think it was a, an opportunity that came up that would probably, you know, benefit him in multiple different ways. But deep down, I don't think, I, I don't think he fancied it because anyone, you know, he's got money. He's, got, he's been around the world. He's, he's, he's managed, he's played, he's done what he's done. He's got the CV. He's got, you know, I would like to think that he's been given an opportunity there to really prove what he's about and prove that he's a absolute, you know, a top manager. That's just me. Um, I, I I agree with you in the sense that his head and heart wasn't in it, but my gut feeling is I would disagree. I actually think the job was too big for him. And when I say that, I don't mean in stature because he's managed. Clubs and teams bigger and better than ever. And what I mean is, is the job in terms of what he had to do. He had to have a clear out, continue to bring his own players in, get a better style of football. Because I think when fans return to Goodison, he just wouldn't have tolerated that at all. And I think that was too big for him. I think he's looked at it and gone, if I can only finish tenth in what's been a poor Premier League season, I'm I've reached my ceiling already. I'm glad he's gone then. Well, there was talk, wasn't there, when we got when we got Ancelotti that a lot of journalists and fairness that I wouldn't have really given credit to, they, you know, a few of them were saying, well, actually, he's only ever worked with world-class players. He's never worked in more limited players, and that could be that could mean he's not ideal for Everton. Um, yeah. there, there was a journalist who, who I can't think of his name, but he got a lot of stick for for saying at the time David Moyes would have been better fitted for whatever it needs. And I know Heinz, in hindsight, you can say that now, you're not going to turn down Carlo Ancelotti when he's presented, but you just look at it now and you think it probably wasn't the right fit. Yeah. It's hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's hindsight, isn't it? 
Well, that's it. Look, let's move on from the Italian snake anyway. Um, I can't stand the man for what he's done, but I don't think, you know, he's part of our history now. I don't think we should spend the night on him because, as you said, Paul, before we come on, we've got to look to the future now, haven't we? We, we can't afford to wallow and feel sorry for ourselves. Well, you've got a big agenda there, lads. Yeah, again, you know my feelings on the time that's taken, but the agenda is that new stadium, isn't it? And having a team fit for purpose. It's a big ask, it's a big job. What it is going to take is time and a lot of it. So, again, one of the requirements for a new manager is commitment and be prepared to give time. Now, if we stay with the Hollywood, if we still go down the Hollywood road, there's no guarantee you're going to get that from whoever, even if they do a good job. Step in storm, see your lads, off your pop, you're back to square one. So, you've got to look at it seriously and go, okay, whoever we bring in, you've got a big task. But whoever you bring in has got to be given time to do that job. And probably more important, know what they're about, what it entails. So, again, it, it, it brings you back to maybe one or two people. Well, let's look. I, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's still early that the list I'm going to read out might change completely in 24 hours. But yeah. at, the, at the moment, the, the, the five front runners, according to the bookies, we've got Nuno Espirito Santo. He's the favourite at the moment for the job. Second favourite is David Moyes. Then it's Eddie Howe, Rafa Benitez and Duncan Ferguson. If, if we just we go through them all, if we start with Nuno, I spoke to Wolf Whistle podcast earlier in the week. Um, they're a Wolverhampton Wanderers football podcast. I'll just play now what he had to say. It doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest, that Nuno has been linked uh, with the, with the Vikings Everton job and obviously other... Uh, vacant positions in the Premier League at the minute. Um, what he's done at Wolves was remarkable. In his four seasons, his first season, he won the championship at Tecanta. Um Second season, we finished seventh in the Premier League. Uh, our first season back in the top flight. Uh, that then created uh, a run in Europe where we got to uh, the uh, quarterfinal of the Europa League uh, and another seventh place finish and an FA Cup semi-final. The fourth season, um, listen, I think it was, you know, I personally thought it was very, very unfair to, to judge him that season on the basis that, you know, it was in the middle of the pandemic, there was no supporters there. Um, and Wolves really do rely on the crowd. And, you know, you, you've probably seen that in your visits to Molyneux. Um, and listen, we, we, you know, the spine of the team was crippled with injuries. Willie Bolle, uh, Johnny Otto, Raul Jimenez. Uh, there was injuries to, to key players. So, you know, let's not beat around the bush. It was a sacking. He didn't resign. They're saying it's mutual agreement. Um, the, you know, they dressed it up that way, but 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 it was a sacking. Um, and, it, and it did surprise me. I didn't want him to go. Um, and I think it's, it's for, for whoever comes into the Wolves job, it's huge, uh, huge shoes to fill. But for Everton, I think it would be a good fit. Um, they've lost Ancelotti, which once again is very disappointing. But Nuno now knows the Premier League. Um, he's got good contacts with George Mendes. Um, so, you know, I think there could be uh, there's, there's a whole host of clubs you could go to. And, and really, for me, it's uh, whoever the lucky club is, um, we're getting. Thanks. Right, so based on that, I'll start with you, Paul. What are your initial thoughts to Nuno potentially replacing Ancelotti? Okay, so again, I, I listened to a few Wolves people over the week. He's well-liked. 
um, for what he's done in the past. I like him personally. I like the way his teams play. Um, although this season they've tailed off. Um, the lad there mentions injuries, which is fair comment then, but all sides get injuries, you have to deal with that. For me, looking at him, just looking at him, intuition, for me, looking at him, something just seemed to go out of him. Now, if he knew he was facing the sack, maybe that he, he felt a little bit um, aggrieved or antagonised by the board, if you like, and he's gone, well, OK, if I'm facing the sack, why bother? I'll just, I'll see time. And we'll sign up and we'll, meet, we'll do the mutual thing. My concern with him now is that there's, there's a couple of issues. One is, and these are, these are stupid, but we're in a situation now where we've got the culmination, a squad of players, we're all strangers, five managers. So we bring Nuno in. Fingers crossed it works. If it works, happy days. If it doesn't work, the chances are he will bring in a lot of Portuguese players through Mendes. If it goes wrong, we're back to square one, maybe even worse. In that, Because I always remember, I arc back to Colin Harvey when he took over Everton. And the issue Colin Harvey had was he had a group of players who were established and he brought an influx of players in. I think he brought five or six players in. He just didn't get on. He didn't see eye to eye and he didn't gel. And I think that's what's happened with this current setup at Everton now. They do not gel in any way. And I think if you bring a Portuguese manager in, and an influx of Portuguese players, which on the face of it, most of them are quite good anyway. And they do play entertaining football, they're skillful. If it doesn't work out, we're in trouble. We're yeah. in trouble, you know. I think that one of the things that I do like, I mean, look, I'm on the fence there, but I'm on the fence with most of them because there, are, there is no standout candidate. The thing that I like about potentially bringing Nuno in is he doesn't work independently. He, he has a quite a big team around them and you yeah. see that on the touchline I think there's up to six or seven coaches and yeah. I think it's such a big job I think whoever comes in you've got to have the energy to galvanise the club and to have a clear out and I think one man can't, it can't be a one man band you need a team around them yeah. so I think from that point of view um, that'll be a positive I, I do like the way you play my concern is he decided early on this season that Wolves were going to be in transition and he, he abandoned the formation that worked. I think it was three at the back and the, the results were dreadful in a poor league. Um, yeah, and that, as, was, yeah, that was similar to Martinez, Peter. Yeah. So, yeah. They're not, I mean, what, what he's done with Wolves, there was no trophies there, so it's not success. But when you th- think Wolves getting to a Europa League quarter final, an FA Cup semi final, I mean, they're things that Everton should be doing and we haven't yeah. got near in years. Yeah. So from that point of view, if he can do it at Wolves, can he do it at Everton? Um, I've never really liked the idea of a manager having a relationship with agents. They can't be trusted. You think you can't trust managers or players, yeah. agents are worse. So my good feeling is that I, I do like him. I don't know if it would work out. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be against it. If he came in, I wouldn't be moaning about it. Um Andy, for you, what's your take on Nuno? I haven't got much more to say than what you you just have there, Pete. Um, you know, I really think, you know, as teams play entertaining football, you know, I really I enjoy watching Wolves, to be honest with you. Obviously, not, not this season, as it's been touched on, but, um, and I wouldn't be against them, you know, if we announced them tomorrow, I'd be right behind them. Um, but I, I think it's a massive risk. You know, obviously, Paul made a really good point there about the, the risk of bringing 
a load of new players in um, and it not working out. But I think it's a, a risk, you know, in general anyway, because where do we go from from there again then? Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's absolutely huge. You know, it's easy to say, but whoever we get in, it, it's got to be right for Evan. It's at the right time. We're moving into the new stadium. You've got to get it right. Um, and is it? I've got a question mark on him. Something's not sitting quite right with him. And I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, I, I will get behind him, but he's not me. My number one choice that I'd want. Yeah. I agree. It's a bit like the Martinez situation. He comes across as a gentleman and really nice guy, but when it comes to the crunch, I don't know. <laughs> I think the, the the problem is for us is that we finished ten, and right now with the job at hand, we're not attractive to top top managers. So there's always a question mark over everyone we're dealing yeah. with. Um. The next guy, then the second favourite, we all know well. He's peaking just that as well with Nuno, the, the Achilles heel this season. We, we, we talked about it before set pieces. Um, Zonal yeah. Mark and conceding goal after goal after goal. Does that, does that sound familiar? Well, after the season we just had where we, we, we had a low block which worked. I mean, you know, you're right. The... Silver. Silver. Christ, yeah. I want to forget about that. I was just thinking of, of our goals this season, Michael Keane at Molyneux and then Richarlison in the home game two weeks ago, was it now? Um, both headers, so yeah. They, they were, they, I think Wolves were shot a bit in the end, weren't they? And, you know... The Utah Jimenez injury set them back. It did, it but... Set them back. They, they, but they, no... they didn't go out and strengthen, did they? They well, found they the maybe... Maybe they, he found a level and they were happy there. They spent big on a young lad whose name escapes me. A yeah. Portuguese kid. Is it, it might just Another be Silva up front. Yeah. He, he looks it's, a really bad buy. It's early days for him. I think given time, it's, it's like us with Calvin Lewin, just throwing someone in on their own and expecting them to carry a forward line. It's not fair. It's just not fair. Especially no, he's only learning himself. That's true. I don't think he was expected to replace him. There's there. another conundrum for you, Peter. You know that you made a point there about clear outs, <laughs> about clear outs and dead walls. The way our club structure currently, we've hold got... on, say that again. Stop, Rocco. <laughs> we've got um, dead world. We've got a lot of dead world, and we're assuming new manager that comes in and we'll deal with that. You've got a director of football, and that that's an issue. I think that's going to need to be. I've heard people this week saying, "Oh, it's all." Give it to Brands. He, he's let him do his job. He'll sort it out. I'm not that confident in him, to be honest. I'm Based not. on his signings, I'm not. Do you know, I'll ask you this question. With the view of bringing a manager in, you've got a decision to make. Do you rely solely on your director of football to bring... Does it make sense for that person to bring the personnel in and then the manager deal with it? Or bring a manager in who knows players, knows well, what I doing? I personally, I don't know what Andy thinks, but I don't like directors of football forever. Mm. I, I grew up on David Moyes, who recruited his own players. I, I can't trust a man to, to bring the right manager in who thinks of all being dealt for good players. Oh, um, I know, you know, in the interest of fairness, I know that listeners will be shouting, saying, well, he signed Richarlison and, and plays at that ilk, but I just, I'm not convinced by him to, to, to identify the right man now. Is Machiri going to identify the right manager after after the you know Koeman, Marco Silva? 
Well, and now Ancelotti. Yeah, he, he can't be criticised for trying. I think he's trying. He hasn't got it right yet, but he, he can't be criticised for trying. The only criticism I would have is when he brought Mr. Um, Mr. Beefy in, yeah. But, but the thing is, uh, and you know, we, we need to be fair, right? Allardyce finished higher than Ancelotti. I know, it was dull, but we've just said it was dull yeah, with Ancelotti. Yeah. You, you know, I think no. sometimes the perception masks over the reality. Yeah. Allardyce wants us to stay at Everton, which we balked at, but at least he was committed. Well, I think if he'd have stayed at Everton, Peter, I'd have been committed <laughs> for a long time. No, look, I, I did not want him to stay a second longer than what he needed to, but I just think when you look at what Ancelotti's done, and then you look at previous managers, it's actually it's a bit of an eye-opener. Um, for you, Andy, then, just before we move on to the second favourite for the job, who would you like to be picking the new manager, Mishiri or Brand? I'd say Mishiri myself. You know, I understand some You know, some fans I've spoke to uh, You know, a massive fan of Brands, and you, know, you can acknowledge that he's made mistakes with some of the signings, but he's a huge fan. I, I'm not. I'm not to be honest with you. I, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of directors of football in my first place, and I don't. Um, I just don't feel it. I don't feel that it, it, it's benefiting us the way it should be or the way on paper it should be. So uh, I hope it's Mashiri. He owns the club, and you know I, I trust in him, and I believe that he, he's got the the best. You know, he understands the club. Could be wrong. But um, I'd like to think so, and, and that's what I believe. So I'd like Mishiri to be picking the manager myself. It was up to me. Yeah. I agree. I There's something about Brands I can't take to. Um, I just don't know what his role is. Well, he's I, on the board as well, no? He's on the board. I, exactly. I don't know what his role is, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and he got on the board without any challenge. I think he got too comfortable too quick. And I I'm not saying I don't rate him, I don't want him gone, but I just don't think he's done enough yeah. to be... Yeah, he's, he's had, he's had a, I think he's had his honeymoon period. He's getting paid a lot of money. He's start getting it right. Yeah. And, and the biggest criticism of me, it's not even in terms of the players' ability he's bringing in. It's the characters of the players he's bringing in. They haven't got any. Yeah. Fineness. That's true. I mean, that's one thing that's been consistent since we started the podcast, Andy and I, is it keeps coming up like a character leadership when... Um, the next man we're going to talk about, probably in fairness, they get that side of his recruitment, right? David Moyes at West Ham, um, he's been linked with the job. There's a debate as to whether he'd leave West Ham. My gut feeling is that he would leave West Ham for Everton. Um, start with you then, Paul. If Moyes was to come back to Everton, would you be happy to see him back? Or do you think it's a... Do you think it's a, a backwards move going back to someone? Um, that... there's, a, there's a lot of issues to be addressed. Firstly, let's go back to if you bring Moyes back, do you need a director of football? Well, I don't think Brands is yeah. going anywhere. Or, or do you give him do you give him do you give that manager's control? Um Moyes, okay. He he, he done us he, he was a bit of a snake what he done when he went to Man United. But that was his idea of developing his career, which all managers do. Having said that, when you reflect, I've reflected this week on what Ancelotti done, and I've thought about the players that Moyes has brought in, and I'll just rattle some of them off: Leighton Baines, Julian, Julian, Julian Lescott, uh, Mikel Arteta, Tim Cahill, players of that ilk. Um, 
Seamus Coleman. I would say Mo Moise's strength is that he knows what he's about. He sets his team up and his teams know what they're about. They have character. The one thing that really stands out with the teams is they go for 90 minutes. They don't start yeah. gassing an hour into a game. They go for 90 minutes. So there's a, there's a lot of pluses with Moyes. The intriguing thing for me with Moyes is we have to say, if we're honest, that he always he always rolls out their limited budgets and the loving McKen like which needs to stop. But he done well on that very limited budget. Everton yeah. were consistent, consistently challenging for Europe. It would be very interesting to see now in this day and age if you gave him the money to bring the players in he wanted to bring in, what he could do. Yeah. Could he do any worse than Ancelotti? No. No. Um, yeah, it's it's a... I don't know. I'm on the fence with it. I mean, apart from he doesn't want him back because I think he was at Everton for 11 years and his recruitment was brilliant and in the main, he's done a really good job. But... That was it. When he went to Man United, for me, that was the, the end of that chapter. And I just yeah. think there's a, a lot of managers out there that we could go for. But then, you know, because we've been through so many managers of late, I can see why. And given what he's just done at West Ham, you know, getting Europe, I can see why we might want him. Um, well, it's Peter, David have been being tipped for relegation at the start of this yeah. season. Yeah. I, 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 what I would say with Moyes is that that issue you said about the clear-outs, he's in all likelihood, he's got connections at Everton, still has, and he will know exactly you need to go and what you need to stay. So in essence, if he come in, I think he did the ground running with it. It's what I don't want to see is a manager come in and go, I need six months to look at these players. We haven't got the time. We, well, I, I'm I going think to think we have the comments that a lad made last night on the website. We know the players are shite. Listen to the supporters. You don't have to look at them and evaluate them. The shy. I disagree, though. I disagree. The reason I disagree is because <coughs> I, <coughs> I wanted Tom Davis gone last season and he, he was man of the match in the derby. I think that Tom Davis, example, as someone who can't turn it down, Gilfie Sigerson just had his best season in Everton, although still probably not good enough. The reason I disagree is I think any manager should have a grace period to to learn and, and make his own judgment on the players. <laughs> I can see all the heads shaking, but I think because of what Ancelotti's done, we need to accept that he has set us back. And I think the manager's got to. Pete, if you're honest, in my own humble opinion, um, Finch Farm's been a holiday camp for years. They're not training right, or they wouldn't be gassing after an hour. They're being allowed to get away with it. I don't disagree. I, I I can reel off and name a player, Gomez or Wobie Tell. That's just for starters. Holgate, go through a lot of players who will want to see gone. But yeah. interesting, when a manager comes in, they're going to want to see what they've got available. That's why they need to come in as soon as. Whilst we can't rush it, the sooner they're in, the sooner they can make those judgments. Well, all right. We're on, we're on the Moyes team, aren't we? Let's turn it round. Do you not, if Moyes was to come back to Everton next week, do you not think he knows who's good and who's poor at that Yeah, club? no, I do, yeah. I, I think Moyes would have a good handle on so the that, So potentially, maybe, you can say initially, OK, that's six months safe, but actually, that's your pre-season, and maybe 
up to Christmas in the in the Premier League. And then, happen, you know what I mean? You can be in the race or you can be out the race again by then. But then does that not support the argument for Duncan Ferguson? You'll have an even better understanding. Well, we'll get on to Duncan. We'll, we'll get on to Duncan in a minute. What I would say, Duncan, you couldn't fault his commitment to the club. Couldn't. Yeah. Whether well, he's got the experience is another matter. And I know you're going to say, well, you've got to give him that chance. Evans not the type of club where you get time to, to, to learn on your feet. Yeah. You, you just don't, lads. Um, and also, if, you, if we're honest, Duncan Ferguson's seen those clowns in training. He knows what they are. And he, he should have batted a few of them, to be honest. Well, let's, let's flip it on the table, Moyes, then. So, we all, I, I presume you all agree, Moyes' recruitment at Everton in the name was brilliant. If we were to do a Premier League 11, most of the players would be Moyes signings. Or, or players who played on the Moyes. Everton, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> Everton's Premier League 11. What I would say, Moyes' performances against the big six away from home was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And he does that concern you. Bear in mind, we've now finally won at Arsenal and Liverpool. Does it concern you that, you know, Moyes had a ceiling? It concerned me at the time. Uh, you know, and it could be easy to sit there and say, you know, I wouldn't want someone because of this, this and this. And I... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too concerned if he did come in given that because I think what we need to get right before we're looking at that. Obviously, we want to be competitive when we're going away to them places and, and rightly so. We shouldn't expect anything less, but we've got a lot of other shit to saw first before we're worrying about that, in my opinion. Um, some of the home performances we've seen this season were absolutely yeah, it was horrendous. Well, just but, just stop you there then. Well, you know, on the flip side to that, I remember going the game. On the Moyes, and we went a year without a defeat at Goodison. It used to be a fortress on the Moyes. I, I and, and we weren't even challenging for titles, but when we went the game on the Moyes, we expected to beat anyone. Yeah. How often did we score late goals, Peter? Yeah. Under them. Um, yeah, but what I would say, you know, you could sort it. Does this sound familiar then? This season, Moyes took over a team that was talked of being relegation foil for the. They qualify for Europe. Does it that does. sound familiar? It does, but you know, if you look at it at the whole, it's the first time he's been successful since leaving Everton. Well, yeah, there's one for you. If Ancelotti had achieved what Moyes done, he'd be singing his name to the rafters. Job done, you got us in Europe, job done. Oh no, he, he's had a brilliant season and he was he's candidate for manager of the season. But if you balance it out, he failed at United. He failed at Real Sociedad. He failed at Sunderland. He initially just about kept West Ham up. He's had a lot of he's had a lot of bad you will, times. Yeah, well, you have that in life, and I think that's proof of character. When you come through those bad times and you you go again and you prove yourself, that must say something about you. A lot of people in his situation might have just gone off into a corner somewhere and lived it, but he never he kept at it. He stuck at it. He had, had Crow and Humble Pie, he went back to West Ham, who dumped on him first time around. Look what he delivered them. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is if you imagine if he came to Everton with the resources Everton have got and the understanding he's got for the club, and let's be honest, he annoyed us at times with some of the performances at Anfield and places like that, but he knows what makes that club tick and he knows what makes the supporters tick. Yeah. And well, we, we have reservations, but I'll say this if he was to come in and say, 
it went similar to Ancelotti up to Christmas. We were doing well, second in the league. Nobody be questioning. Yeah. And he's got the capability to do that. Yeah. Well, Andy, I cut you off there, so I'll give you this one. Um, were you... Well, it might just be me, but the impression I got when Moyes was last at Everton, you like to play Everton down, especially when we went to places like Man United, Liverpool. You, you like the media to know. And in fairness yeah. to him, in fairness to Moyes, we did have... Well, we never had a transfer budget, so we were at a disadvantage and we were punching above our weight. The point I'm getting at, I found Moyes picked himself up by talking Everton down to really magnify the job he'd done. I mean, for me, he wasn't successful because if you're an Everton manager after 11 years and you don't have a trophy, you're not successful. But he'd done a really good job. He, he did do a good job. Um, does that concern you in terms of... of how he was at Everton and the way he spoke, or as time just moved on now, it's probably been a good 10 years at least, hasn't it? Not not really, P. I, I think there's elements of realism in there. When I think back now, you know, when he took over from Walter Smith, we were, <sighs> we were in a dire situation. And I know 11 years is a long time, and, you know, you do expect a trophy and there was opportunities and stuff like that. But from where what he, t- he took the club, you know, he's... he's I'm never going to forget that, do you know what I mean? And I think there was an element of realism in there, sort of playing us down in, in a sense, because it, what he was doing was an unbelievable achievement. That being said, you know, if he does come back in now, I think there's a, it, it's a completely different scenario now. We're, we're a club with a lot of potential. Um, Moise isn't my number one choice, by the way, but, and, uh, you know, it hurt when he, he left and said the things that he said and things like that, but, you know, it's got to be what's best for the club at the end of the day. Before, you know, what I think, what any, anyone else thinks, it's got to be what's best for the club. And if it's David Moyes who's best for the club, to take us to that next level, to stabilise the club, um, which I feel we need, then, yeah, go for him. But obviously, it's hard to tell. We can't see the future. But, you know, I wouldn't be against uh, David Moyes coming in. Yeah, I, I think if he came in, then the majority of fans, I, I presume, yeah. I can't speak for all the Evertonians, but I think the, the majority would understand it. I wouldn't be against it. Um, Do you know, here's one, here's one to ponder on. Here's one to ponder on. I know it's tough, it's if what's and maybes. Rooney went to because of finances. Would would Moyes have won a trophy if Rooney had stayed at Everton? I don't know. That's my concern with Moyes. I don't know. I, I think at times we 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 had some really bad nights with him. Um I mean, look, we have more good than bad nights, but there were times in Europe where it just felt he bottled it. And there were times in the league where... I don't want to say bottle it because sometimes we just didn't have the resources, but I don't know. When you look at Moise's CV, there's not... He's got a charity shield. And that's my concern, that there's other managers, and we're going to touch on one in a minute who won't be popular, but he's got a lot of trophies on the CV. Um... Can we not just bypass him? We will mention him. If, um, <laughs> if no, look, if Moyes comes back, I agree with both of you. I'll be behind him. I, I think we've we've done we've gone down the Hollywood route as you said, Paul. And I think if he came in, he'd get my back and just, um, just for me, it's going to basis. It's you've got a you've got a group of you haven't got a team, you've just got a group of individuals who are pleasing themselves, they're on permanent holiday, 
And I just think they need someone to go and uh, get a grip, empty them out and establish a partner play and be confident in knowing that you've got someone, not necessarily the director of football, someone at, at playing level who knows what he's about and is a good judge of a player. So you're not bringing in any more awobies or puddings or play, cleverlies or players who just disappear. And I, I think Moyes would give you that. He would give you that basis. He'd give you something to build on. There'd be no excuses this time. Finances are there. No, I, look, I agree. The, the the player that stood out for me last season, apart from the obvious, was that Sucha. He come out to nowhere. I think he, I think Moy signed him from Slavia or Sparta Pride. No one knew who he was. Scored yeah. a Goodison. I think he yeah. was like the top scorer for defenders this season. Brilliant. Um. So even now he's still finding those kind of signings. He, he, he creates units, Peter. They are in essence what he puts out is a team. They might be limited, it might be on budget, but they know what they're doing and they stick to it. Whereas what we've got is absolutely fucking clueless. Yeah. They do even not if, know what they're doing. Even if you look the likes of Fellini at that time, that was a huge signing, money wise, you know, and. He, he come good. He was a type of person, you know, put himself about and he was a leader on the pitch and he stayed with us for a few years. And, you know, I know some fans, I speak to some fans who didn't rate him. I was a big fan of Fellaini, but even the, the types of when he did spend money, for at that time, that was a lot of money for the evidence he was spending. He yeah. broke good in, do you know what I mean? And I know it's hard to, to say that that would be the same, you know, you could replicate that with, with the money he's got and, you know, and bigger signings, but I'd like to think that he would with money I, yeah, get the right character in, but with good quality as well. Yeah. I, I think Moise's biggest friend is his recruitment. Yeah, if you're a good judge of a player, you know a player. Yeah, he, and, and the, the issue you've got is that if, if you've got that about you, do you need someone above you, a director of football who never, may have never played the game from Holland, yeah. telling, telling you who you're going to work with? That, that's, that's I think the stumbling block might be with Moise. Yeah. That, that's the thing with machinery. That that's the system he's got in place. Yeah. I I remember when um when we needed a goal scorer and I, I I was really hoping he'd bring David Nugent in and he went inside your cube. He's always he's always got it right. <laughs> you know he's he's, yeah. he's always yeah. he's always got it right with recruitment and and as you said Andy when it comes to big money at the time big money signings he he spent well. In fact, if bad signings you can count on one hand. Is Take bad signings, but the, the, the reason up, has to be up there. Oh. But the, re, the reason Pierre up stands out is because there was very few bad signings. His centre back, his, his understanding of centre backs, Diston, Jagielka, Lescott, Yobo, when he first came in, was all right, very good in fairness. So, and he was the man who brought Baines and Coleman to the club. So, yeah, his Baines was some some signing. Even Carlo, yeah. you know. But look, I suppose my, my only worry is that we're reminiscing and going back down. No, that's years. gone. That's water. That's under yeah, the bridge. That's he, gone. He needs to do it now, doesn't he? Can, he, can, he, can he do it now? Well, evidence based on West Ham's performances, he can't because he's, he got a tune out of them and they're not great shakes individually. But as a unit, they work for each other. Yeah, well, let's let's move on then to the third favourite. He's actually an Evertonian, Eddie Howe. Um, do either of you fancy Eddie Howe for the job? What no. <laughs> if Paul's just ducked off camera for our listeners. That's how much he fancies Eddie Howe. 
What I will say in the interest of fairness, what I will say is he's young. Everton need a young manager to galvanise the club, and he's an Evertonian, and he's got an idea. He's got an idea of football which is entertaining. Ultimately, for me, it's a big no. He he come up, he spent terribly. His recruitment to Bournemouth was terrible. He handed Liverpool free money with Jordan Ive and Solanke. Um, it's just a big no for me. How about for you too, Paul? He can't defend. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can't defend, and I'll be. I think the job's too big for him. Yeah, it's too nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's just too big for him, lads. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't want to be crude, but Everton needs a bit of a bastard to come in and 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 put a rocket up everyone. I don't think Eddie Howe. I think that the players, this group of players, would eat Eddie Howe alive. I don't think they'd respect him. We need someone in there. Obviously, you got Ancelotti who by name, will be respected, but he didn't really have that command and presence about him that I think this group of players, we've talked about it this season, and you mentioned before, yeah. the character, the lack of leadership. Paul's right, we need, you know, we need someone to to come in and get a grip of them and uh, and get and get shot of anyone who doesn't either, one, doesn't want to be at the club or two, isn't willing to to die for the club. And I know that that's a hard ask, asking for footballers nowadays, the modern footballer, to do that, but that's the kind of commitment that I want to see on the pitch. Yeah. So, yeah, these current players have had up for four or five managers, haven't they? Yeah. By not yeah. performing. It's it's time. I mean, we said it when Ancelotti came in. Whoever comes in, we've got to back the manager and we've got to show those players the door. The problem Everton have as well is there's a group of players at the club who are happy not playing because they know they're earning money. They will never earn anywhere else. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to name them for the sake of it now, but there, there is a group of players at the club who you can't move on because they're so content not playing football and, and earning a big wage. So it's aligned to Eddie Howe for us anyway. So we move on. Fourth on the list is Rafa Benitez. Um, before we go into the merits of him, do either of you have any objections purely because of his Liverpool connections? Yeah. Would you not have him because he managed Liverpool? It's just the remarks he made, Peter, about the club. He just he just he um, he insulted the club, and that's that stays with me. That those kind that typical arrogant Anfield attitude rankles me, brings out the worst to me. Um, so I think with them it'd be a bit of a poison chalice, and that the minute it went wrong, it'd be right on his back. Yeah. yeah. About you, Andy, would you have any reservations based on his Liverpool connections, based not on- him as a manager? Based on his Liverpool connections, it wouldn't he wouldn't be my ideal candidate. But you know, if he was put in tomorrow, I get behind him. I get behind him if the good of the club. But um, I wouldn't quite sit right with me. I think also from a playing perspective as well, it seems it's all they're just they're just the dull sides. He's been a very been a very fortunate manager in his time. He's he's been he's had the benefits of. A good purchase with the other crowd across the park, and he got lucky on one or two occasions. Got really lucky. He's very effective, though. Yeah. You know, he's a European manager. Well, let's Away go back to commitments. Given, I mean, let's call it what it is. He was a red nose. So, is he going to have a commitment to Everton? Is he going to have a passion for Everton? Is he going to relate to them supporters? I don't think I, so. My concern with him is that you know, two good seasons with us, you know, gets us into some form of Europe this season and then yeah. the following season we push on even further and Real Madrid start yeah. knocking on the door or whoever it is start knocking on the door. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump ship. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't trust that he'd be the man to not do that and 
and I think what we need is someone we know is going to be in that dugout for the for the foreseeable. My concern yeah. with him is that he, he was he's got a house in the winter and we all know he's he's wanting to get back to Merseyside yeah. and settle. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's he's settled, isn't he, in, in Merseyside and I don't want it to be a cushy job for him. Jamie Carrick he keeps blowing his bugle, doesn't he? Well and uh-huh. Evertonians made the point. Where's Carragher when other clubs need a manager? Yeah. He's, he's pushing well, the boat. Where is he currently, anyway? I think he, I think he's on the wheel. He wants this job. He's but he, in terms of management, what's he doing at the moment? Not at anyone. Well, he wants he the job. Was he in Japan or something? He was in China, weren't he? The last job he had was yeah. in China. Um, but I, I can't remember when he left them now, but that was, he hasn't had a job since. No. Benita I'm, wants not, I'm, not, I'm not, in all honesty, jokes aside about his Liverpool allegiances, there's just something about him. It's... Like Andy said, he was one of the managers. Something didn't sit right with Nuno. I'm like that with Benitez. Something just doesn't sit right with me with him. I think, I think in terms of his CV, you know, we've just spoken about Moyes, but Benitez has got the trophies, and there's no doubt he's a good manager in terms of getting results. His style of play isn't there. He's effective at what he's done. I thought he'd done a good job at Newcastle. They were dour to watch, but they were tight at the back. I can't he watch didn't. that. But, but it's boring that, football. It wasn't entertaining. He, but he, he got just had a up. season of that. It's it's soulless yeah. football, Peter. Yeah, I my biggest concern. I, I I'm I've moved on from what he's done at Liverpool. You know, at the end of the day, he, he wants to he's at Liverpool, and the hope is that the manager that comes in will do that with Everton. My thing with him is that it's uh, it could be just seen as a, a cushy job, living close to home, where his family is settled, back in the Premier League. As you say, Paul, the passion. It. I don't think you can have the history with Liverpool and and have that passion for Everton. Yeah, it's contaminated. I, yeah, I don't think um, it'll work. The other reason it's not for me is I think we need a young manager. I think it's a big job and. Whoever comes in, like ironically, like Moyston when he first came to the club and immediately called Everton the People's Club. Everton needs someone that's going to galvanise this club from top to bottom. The the, the board of directors, the, the supporters, the, the players, and that's going to take a young manager that's got energy. Benitez doesn't have that, so I'd say it's a no from me. Yeah, but he, in all fairness, he's always been fat, hasn't he? His belly is always hung over his trousers, lad. The fat Spanish waiter. Yeah, he's always been fat. I just don't think it's going to happen for him. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't see him battling round the training fee with a tracksuit on, could you? Not going to happen. You might bring Sammy Lee back, get the team back together. Oh dear. So the last one on the list then is Duncan Ferguson. You touched on it before. <laughs> you touched on it before about somebody who knows the the club and the players. Andy, I don't think you're keen on Ferguson, are you? He's, he's, <laughs> he's my man. I, I, do you know what? It took, a, it took a few days to come around to it. I, I was against it at first, but I've come full circle on it. Uh, he's the man I want to see in the dugout. Why, why do you say that? I just think that... Uh, just having a little think about what what we've had recently over the last few managers, what has been missing from this team, and I want to see a team... And I know it's not going to be... You know what it was. You know, you think back that Chelsea game in particular, that short spell he had in charge, and how exciting it was to be an Evertonian again. I think that was the most enjoyable time of being an Evertonian for me, anyway. For, for the last time I can believe remembers. You know what I mean? For a good few years. So 
and I know it's not going to be like that every game, but I think that that energy, that commitment is shown through and he's going to, he hasn't got the experience to get that, but other teams, other top teams have, have given players that have showed them loyalty um, an opportunity. And I, I think that it'd be a great, you know, a great, a great chance for us to give Ferguson an opportunity. I think he'd expect 100% from himself, 100% from them players on the pitch, and we wouldn't see what we've been seeing. Okay, he might not be, you know, the tactics might not be there to, you know, the, the, the likes of Carlo Ancelotti or other managers, but. I think that an Everton team managed by Duncan Ferguson is what I want to see. I think there'll be plenty of commitments. I think there'll be everyone on that pitch fighting for each other and fighting for the shirts, fighting for that badge. And that's the most important thing to me. And then build from that. Then whether that's him in in the future or not, I don't know. But I I want us to give it to Ferguson. I think we've tried tried other ways. We've tried other approaches and it hasn't worked. Let's give it to one of our own and, and, and keep it in house. Someone who knows them players, he'll know who's a fraud. You know, you've got brands there. I suppose there's the argument there where brands would come in handy if Ferguson was in charge because Ferguson wouldn't have that experience in the in the market. But you know, that that's for the, the club to decide. I'm sure that'd be the case. But I want to see Ferguson myself. What? Yeah. What about the fact though that when he came and only galvanised heaven, it was four four two. In terms of long term at Evan, how would you see his tactics play out? You know, what basically when he came in, he, he tightened Everton up and he brought passion to three games. Suppose playing devil's advocate. Paul, I'll bring you into it. Like playing devil's advocate over the course of a season, you'd need more than a 4 4 2 and a bit of passion. He's got no experience of bringing players in. You don't know if he if he's got it in him to, to bring the right kind of players in. I mean, we saw her all suffered. He brought Moise Keane on and then took him off. And then he told the media, I just needed to kill a bit of time. Was that the best management? You know, what are your yeah, thoughts on him? It's 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 still a bit of, I think he's, it's still a learning curve for him. He's, he loves the club and he knows the club inside out. And he probably has benefited from studying the snake, if you like. But no, about 18 months ago, he said himself, I'm not ready. I'm, go- I'm going to learn from people like this. So... In 18 months is not a long time. So what's changed? And my thing with Duncan might be that what's changed in 18 months ago from I'm not ready to being ready? And is it a case from his perspective, he's looking and going, okay, if Moyes comes in or certainly if Nuno comes in, I'm gone. I'm out of a job. So therefore, I've got to make a pitch for it. Now, for me, recruitment's key. It's really getting it right. It's bringing the right players in, not the lemons we've had over the last few years. Mike, there's two concerns. One is we sit back and allow the director of football to do it, and he may well fuck up. Or you rely on Duncan, who maybe hasn't got the, the network or the contacts or the experience to necessarily bring the right players in. The ideal scenario for me would be, and I know they've had a run in the past, on the training ground, supposedly, but bygones are bygones. If Moyes was to come back, he'd learn from, I think he would learn from Moyes. Moyes, stay at the club, learn, and then maybe two or three years down the line, he's ready. Which signs with that new stadium. But the thing with Ferguson, if he's an assistant to Moyes, then we'll be having the same conversation five years down the line. At what point does Ferguson need to think, well, 
I may need to do what Gerard's done and go away from the club to, to prove that I can be the manager of Everton one day. Because it's a big it's a big change, isn't it, when you're a coach to becoming the manager. And if the, if the group of players see him as a coach, how, are they going to actually respect him enough as a manager? Possibly. Possibly. One of the failings of Everton, well, there's two ways of looking at it. Is that sometimes we've been a bit too nice and we've clung on to people well after the time. But again, if you turn the coin, we've some players who we could have used to improve, particularly on the coaching side, we disregarded and we let them go. So maybe the lesson to be learned there is the lad might have a lot to offer. Still got a lot to learn. He may as well be learning in Evan as anywhere else. And if he, you know, if he if he learns at Everton from a manager who knows Everton really well, then it he can go one or two ways. He can either at some point decide, well, I'm ready now, I'm going to move on and be a success somewhere else because he's learned that Everton. Or it may well be two or three years down the line when the new stadium's ready to be filled. I'm ready now. Moyes can't last forever. He's yeah. getting on. He said himself, 60, mid-60s, I'm done. I don't want to do a Ferguson. So that can be maybe a natural transition. And while you're doing that, you're stopping this in-out, in-out, shake it all about with Hollywood and everything else. You've got stability and you've got consistency and you've got two people might be Irving I don't know but you've got people singing from the same sheet on the touchline yeah you know it makes that's that's my perspective on it anyway I wouldn't discard them no I wouldn't and, and one thing I'd say that I'm the spot on with and Neville Southall said it is if, you, if you've got a team that reflects the manager if you get 11 players with Duncan Ferguson's passion for Everton, yeah. then that's, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah. I mean, when he was a player himself, I think he was an idiot at times and he got too many sending-offs, but his passion for Everton is genuine and you see so, you see so much you know, fist pumping at the chest and all that nonsense with Ferguson, it's real. So I think if he got it, as with other candidates we've discussed, if Duncan Ferguson got the job, I'd, I'd get behind him. Um, it would be a risk, but I don't think we we can. There's no manager Everton can bring in where there's going to be, you know, a United front on it and a genuine consensus. I think it's going to split opinion whoever we get in. So whoever you bring in, it's going to need help. Yeah. So if it's Nuno, he brings his Portuguese group with him. If it's Moyes, he might bring Gavin or whoever. If it's Duncan Ferguson, he will need help. So with yeah. Duncan, who would you have alongside him supporting him? You couldn't have Unsworth because he's like Benitez, his belly's over his, his waist. It's false, so, that's the money. Ferguson's got no network, so he might just get the boys back together. You know, because he, he hasn't got his coaches of his own, he might just go for ex teammates. <coughs> and that could be. If it's not, if it doesn't work out well for him, sometimes we can be a little bit fickle and all that loyalty can go out the window and he can well, condemn players. You know, if it goes wrong, for and no one had wished that on him, but if it did go wrong for him, you know, it may well be that there's a part of the ways for him. Whereas I think the lad loves the club. And well, I, I would, that's I would what would happen. happen. He, he, he would get a hammock and they'll play for Everton, and then the fans yeah. would chase them out. Yeah, so yeah. If, if results go yeah. bad, then fans would want him gone. No Do you know, honestly, Peter, I've seen it first and I've seen people. I remember Peter Lee playing with two broken ribs through games in order for Everton to win the league. And yet, when they're on the decline, I've seen the same supporters destroying them on the terraces, crucifying him, Kevin Ratcliffe, 
giving it to them big time. So supporters can be quite fickle, you know. Yeah. It's a cruel, it's a cruel game, it's a cruel business. Ancelotti's just proven that you've got to be ruthless. Well, I think the only it's a lesson with Ancelotti that I didn't think, you know, what it'll be ages, but I thought you get to a certain age, you've got a bit more maturity and integrity about you, but yeah, the, the same as players. It's, and there's no decorum with him. And here's another conundrum to throw in. Osmanov and the other fella, the agent Chirapman that talk. The talk is now that they're involved in this process as well. If I manage it. Yeah, what they're saying is that um Osmanov, the money he's sinking in for naming rights, he wants a return on that, and therefore he wants to say who the manager's gonna be. I don't know, it's just tails doing the rounds. Yeah. Well, if if it means the right manager comes in, then Who's making the decisions? That's what I asked Andy. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a conundrum, isn't it? Who's making the decisions? Yeah. I, I, to me, I'll be honest with you, I think the director of football needs binning. It really needs binning. There's too many kooks. Well, there's fans, there's fans who'll be listening who do rate Marcel Brands. I'm on the fence with them. I, I don't... Who do you say rate him? What for? Well, I don't rate him, so it's the fans that do. I think the he argument is... will be, the argument will be that he, he's got He's got rid of some Deadwood and yeah. he's brought in some good players. Yeah. But in essence, you're paying two salary. I don't know what his salary is, but let's look at it. We just said before, a manager with the capability to, to judge a player and bring a player in. Why pay? Why, if you've got somebody who can do that, why would you pay Brands an extraordinary amount of money and be a director? It's, for me, if I'm running that business and I see a manager doing a job and doing it well, I ask the question, what do I need you for? What do you bring? So he's made one or two good signings. Is that enough to justify a four-year contract? Not for me. One or I, two I'm, good signings. I'm on the fence with him. He's <laughs> almighty. If you, well, if, you, if you go on that pretext and you go back to Moyes and Moriton, maybe he's the director of football and Fergus and the manager. In fairness to Brands, because of the messes that he's been dealt with this week, if Brands comes through this week and this period, this summer, of stabilising Everton, then that, that could work for him because he's got to bring in a manager and deal with a group of players that have they've been made up of five different managers now. If he can somehow stabilise Everton after this summer, the way we've been rocked by Ancelotti, then, you know, all credit to OK, here's a conundrum for you then. Given that this, this group of players has got rid of at least four managers, if the, the, the director of football come at them, what's the, the reaction to... to to them would be. Do you think they'd be bothered? What well, that, pressure could he exert on them? Well, it'd be to try and sell them. The idea would be to get rid of them. Again, it, you it, said it's, yourself, it's, there's too many and just sat there earning a living for sitting on a, on a chair. It's not happening, and, is yeah, it? And, and that's the criticism of a brand again, that, you know, he's brought in players like Delph and Awobi. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm on the fence with them, but it's more in hope than expectancy that this summer he can get it right because he's got a massive job on his hands here. Yeah. Um, all, all, the, all the great managers, is, I know the game changes, but all the great managers, when you look back, you didn't have directors of football. You had a group, they had their own little inner sanctum coaches and colleagues who were imbued in, the, in their particular club and he's on the job. It does work abroad. You know, you look at Lille. Lille sold Pepe and Gabriel to Arsenal. Here's one, here's one, here's one. If Marcel Brands works, why did we bring Hollywood in Ancelotti to bring players in? Well, we didn't bring Ancelotti in to bring players in. It was to help attract them. 
only you know, I will, I'm a shady. Bill Kenwright, um, director of football, that needs looking at, big time. Yeah, well, that's uh, another debate, isn't it? Um, yeah. About the, the role Bill Kenwright has, and that could be criticism of potentially bringing David Moyes back, as we know that there'll be one man harbouring for it because he likes the, in my Love opinion, him. he likes the, the theatrics of the return of. You know, Dean Moyes, and well, if it is to be Moyes, yeah, it's all a bit, it can all be a bit cringy. Um, yeah. are, there, are there any managers we haven't spoken about that you would potentially like at the club? We'd be linked with Pirlo, um, Claudio Ranieri. Is there don't anyone? Don't even mention the other fella, Pochettino, Steven Gerrard. No, <laughs> Pochettino. Um, Pochettino is an obvious one. I think all three of us would be all over that, but he's managing PSG and with the best will in the world, why would you leave Paris Saint-Germain forever? Mm. You're just not going to do it. Um, Graham Potter. You know, a lot of fans, we laugh, but there's, there's fans on yeah. on social media who yeah. God fancy them. that. God I, them. I don't see where, where the push for... Get, Crane pots no. are coming from. No, it's bizarre. Garbage. There's for me, anyway. Bizarre ones, hasn't he? You know, Martinez, Silver, and all I think people just put it out there for banter. Yeah. They're not serious. What's Phil Brown up to these days? Oof. <laughs> On some bad. It's a blast from the past, isn't it? Who's the other so, No. Tony Pulis. Oh. <laughs> Mark Hughes. No. Terrible. There's, there was an article, lads, yesterday, I think it came out on The Athletic, and it was by Greg O'Keefe and Paddy Boylan, and it's indicated that the squad are gutted, and they're in complete shock on some of the players and now considering the future. Oh, and Everton, Richarlison yeah. and Hammers. Yeah, well, we can help them with that, can't we? How, how worried are you about the immediate future of Everton? We'll start That's... with you, Paul. Get the right manager in, and that worries. And you, Andy? Yeah, if, if players don't want to be at the club, um, see you later. And, you know, if people want to use the, the shock of Ancelotti going as a way of getting out of the club and moving on to another team, so be it. See you later. Yeah. That's a pass. It's always been there. It always will be there. <laughs> That's the uh, consistent thing. Yeah. You stick by the club, you know. So just get the manager right. Yeah. Forget about Sally, we wouldn't get the manager right. Go I back. agree. 
Go back to the basics. I, th- I, th- I think it, it puzzles me that I see Evertonian worried and concerned about players coming in, mm. players potentially leaving the club after we've just finished 10th in the league. Um, uh, Richarlison Richard, scored six goals. No. I, remember, I remember the season where Lescott got nearly double that. Yeah. And he, he was playing at a left back, centre back. So we'll have to wait and see. So there's a lot, a lot of names and there's still a lot of uncertainty. But I think the most important thing, isn't it, that Everton take the time and get it right. Um, so that's it then for tonight's episode of Talking Toffees. It wasn't what we were expecting to record anytime soon. Ancelotti not being at the club, but it is what it is, isn't it? We've got to move on from the fat Italian rat. Um, He's gone now, and we hopefully we go and get the right man and move on as a club. Thanks everyone for listening. Up the toffees.